Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. All right, folks, this is Larry Kudlow. We're going to do some stock market work. I think one of the things, one of the things I think I think is that the financial markets are more or less not paying much attention to the Ukraine story. I mean, I don't want to overestimate that. Oil is at $91. Uh, but, you know, we didn't see any big crack-ups or massive runs against stocks. I mean, it wasn't a great week. The Dow was off 659 points. I think that's the second straight decline. 34,079. But it's been in the throes of a mild correction. I think the same is true for the uh, NASDAQ and the S&P 500. But everything was down last week. I'm just looking through my stock sheets here. Let's see. The 10-year note, a buck 92, actually off. It was over 2% for a while. Gold, gold fought, fell below $1,900. It was on a roll, but then it fell back. Crude oil, as I said, 91 bucks. The dollar's holding up pretty well. Dollar index is uh, over 96, so it's dead strong. The 10-year tips, uh, break-evens, 293. Um, okay, it's been holding the high ground. The Fed target is 2%. We'll never see 2% again, at least for many, many years. But again, I don't see any great uh, stock market financial panic. Let's talk to our experts. My pal David Bonson, founder and managing partner of the Bonson Group. His new book is There's No Free Lunch, 250 Economic Truths. And Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services and Chicago's leading restaurateur. So I start with Mr. Urio. Stocks, bonds, commodities, do they care about Ukraine, Jim Urio? No. So you, you mentioned the yield curve, and it began flattening in September to October, and it's gone from, you know, there's twos to tens, I'm talking about 129 to its level of 46 now. And there's not been any real acceleration as the rhetoric of the Ukraine-Russia situation has ramped up at all. So I think what the yield curve is telling us is that the Fed is concentrating on normalizing, I'm doing air quotations, short end rates, and at the same time still buying long end, and that there's a possibility that they overcorrect and forces into a recession because there's you know, an argument that we were slowing already. Probably one of the reasons we were slowing is because inflation was burning so hot because you know, inflation does have the capacity to burn itself out if prices start to get ridiculous, provided we're not in that big you know, wage spiral that they want so badly. But the inflation part, I'm glad because I just was reading this thing about Senator Menendez talking again about how it's corporate greed that's causing inflation <laughs> right know. now. And just what, am I, what are we supposed to do when they say stuff like that? I, I'm so confused. I just want to take a nap. Uh, but anyway, I think that the market. I'm in favor of corporate greed. Wait a second. I love I'm in favor of corporate greed. Sorry, I didn't mean to ruin your train of thought. <laughs> I don't even know where I was now. Yeah, but I would, just to finish off, I don't think the markets, aside from oil, particularly care that much. I actually took off some downside hedges at the end because I think there was some a little bit of worry um, going into a three-day weekend about the potential for things to happen. The stock market's job is supposed to worry about uncertainty, and on Tuesday there will be more certainty, uh, good or bad, and presumably good. So, Dave Bonson, uh, I'm going to ask you the same question. Does the stock market care about Ukraine? Somebody's got to care about Ukraine. I don't know. Um, economy, not so fragile. 
not so fragile. Wages are rising. Of course, prices are rising a lot. Uh, I know you don't really buy into the inflation story, but prices are rising. Wages are rising. Employment is rising. Retail gasoline is rising. S&P earnings, I don't know, they could be up 30% in the fourth quarter. Uh, M2 is rising. Maybe it'll slow down if they stop spending so much, but that's not until the cavalry arrives in November. So, David Bonson, how does Ukraine inform your investment strategy? Well, it doesn't inform my investment strategy, but I do think that Ukraine was a big factor in volatility this week. You talked about the Dow was down 600 on the week, but it actually was up 500 one day. It was down 600 another day. It had a few days that were down two or 300. So there was enhanced volatility. We've had more days this year where the futures were pointing one way in the morning and it ended up closing differently than we had all of last year. And so you've already had a significant volatility just from pre- and post-market activity to live market activity. That's usually a sign of enhanced daily vol. I think that's somewhat related to headline stuff. I definitely agree with Jim. Yesterday you had these weekend traders, you know, wanting to put positions on coming into a three-day weekend. Uh, But I don't think the market would know why. I don't think the market would say, like, oh, we're afraid of Russia invading because of X. Mm. It's more just the, the general uncertainty of it. And then the one exception is definitely in the energy side. And if anything, I, I was coming to you when I was on your TV show this week. The fact that oil has hung in there in the 90s really makes me think that some of this is not as much Ukraine-Russia as we might have thought, that even if you get a resettling of the commodity price, uh, the supply-demand fundamentals right now, take out your short-term players and speculators. You you might be at an $85 baseline for crude oil right now. That's That's not a good thing. Is that a Ukraine thing or is that a strong economy thing? Um, I I think it's a supply-demand imbalance thing. So the strong economy part's the demand side, but then the um, supply side is policy-driven. It's favoring Middle Eastern oil producers over Oklahoma and Texas. Right. Biden's doing everything he can to cut oil supplies at exactly the wrong moment. I mean, whether whether you look at it from a security standpoint or from an economic standpoint. It's corporate greed, Larry. How dare you suggest it's not corporate greed? <laughs> it's corporate greed. I know. Last week I tweeted, if the government really wanted the price of oil to go down, they should start by stopping forcing it up. I mean, that seems like the, <laughs> the proper first step, but they don't seem to see it that way. And Let me ask corporate, you a question. Corporate greed, when you talk about energy, is specifically moving the corporate greed from Exxon to Middle Eastern, uh, you know, authoritarian. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So, you know, you look at the paper this morning, the journal, uh, frackers hold back production as global oil markets tighten. Now, the frackers have their own individual stories, but uh, that's the government. The government is coming down hard. Every part of the government is against fossil fuels. We we had FERC this week. We'll probably never build another pipeline, at least as long as Joe Biden is president. And you've got the SEC coming against fossil fuels. Uh, You've got this crazy uh, Raskin woman who uh, may or may not get through. She's going to be the top Fed bank supervisor. She wants to take bank credit away 
from fossil fuel companies. Larry Fink wants to take investment money away from fossil fuel companies. So I, I, I mean, I'd say that's government greed or something. It's government mistakes. But I'm just interested that the, there's no panic in the markets regarding Ukraine. There's just no panic at all. Now, that may prove to be wrong. I mean, Russia may take over the entire country. Um, NATO countries surrounding Ukraine, like Poland and Hungary, I don't know what they're going to do about this. So the story could get a whole lot worse. But you really don't quite see it. I mean, David, you're right, volatility, but the VIX is at 28. Is You know, that ain't the worst thing I've ever seen. No, no, but it um, had been, you know, in the mid-teens again. And then between your, your kind of earlier year tech market volatility and then this back in the headlines with Ukraine, it's pushed up higher. But I think where the market will be wrong is when the market does correct when Russia does go in. Then you're going to get a sell-off and people won't really know why they're, they're selling off other than just the kind of, you know, immediate impact of uncertainty. And a few days later, we'll realize that uh, the various companies that make up the earnings flow of the market are not going to be impacted by it. And the exception will continue to be on the energy side. Can, and I, I, think can that, I add something um, real quick about the volatility, David? Yeah. Is that, you know, we've talked about Ukraine and um, – I should have waited for an answer for that, by the way. Sorry about that. But we've talked about the volatility that Ukraine and Russia have created. At the beginning of this year, every one of us would have said we're at a major inflection point about rate policy going forward. And the one thing you know, that we can argue all day about whether or not the stock market can handle a two-year that's at 1.5 instead of zero, but the one thing we all agreed on then is that the move towards normalizing rates – was going to be fraught with huge volatility. So that was going to be there anyway. You do agree with that, don't you? Oh, I do. And I think I think that what you're going to end up seeing here is that risk off brings some of these yields lower, right? And so then you have competing forces going on because this year, this week, the 10-year went from 205 to 192. Mm. And, and, and yet the yield curve actually widened by about four bips because it no tightened so much the week before. No one's afraid of the Fed. No one's afraid of the Fed. We'll come to talk about that in the other side of the break. Got to take a quick break. Dave Bonson, founder and managing partner of the Bonson Group. Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services. We'll talk some Fed talk right after this quick break. I'm Kudlow. Please stick around. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking stocks. We've got David Bonson, founding managing partner of the Bonson Group, and Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services. I want to talk about the Fed in the last minutes here. But, Jim Urio, how are your restaurants doing as, a sci- as an economic indicator? You know it's one of my favorites. No, and it's one of my favorites, too, and I had no idea um, how, like, it would be of such a broad representation of consumer inflation because it just – the inputs are so so broad at a restaurant. And our, we I just had a meeting with my partner um, last week, and our labor costs, you know, they've raised minimum wage twice in the last 14 months in Illinois up to 12 bucks an hour, which is – you know, I mean, we try to kid high school kids to do those jobs, teach them job skills, and we're going to have to move away from that. But anyway, how's our restaurant? Our restaurant is doing uh, – it's slowed down quite a bit. We're hoping that, you know, in a couple weeks the sun comes out. And, and it's harder to make a buck because our, our input costs have gone up 18 to 20 percent. This week is the first week that we caved and had to raise prices by 8 percent. But the rest, restaurant industry, I think, is hurting very, very badly. Several of our friends who helped us along the way at the beginning have gone out of business. 
mm-hmm. um, in restaurants that were, you know, that were decades old and, you know, family places. And it's really, mm-hmm. it's really sad what they've done. And you, you, when you look at all of it, you can't, I can't imagine that it's not almost done intentionally. It seems so weird being in the state of Illinois and then saying, oh, yeah, by the way, you got to pay kids four bucks an hour more. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just atrocious. So we had an import price number uh, up 11% for the 12 months ending in January. Kevin Warsh, former Federal Reserve governor, smart fella, uh, he comes on the Fox Business show, Kudlow, and he wants a regime change, David Bonson, regime change. In other words, quit signaling the markets, quit talking about little teeny quarter points. The only way inflation expectations are going to change is a Volcker-like regime change, uh, which would probably mean um, one percentage point rate hikes in several months, no advance warning to the marketplace, uh, just change the expectations because inflation is here. So what's going to happen with the Fed? What's your expectation? Right now, the markets, again, don't seem particularly concerned about the Fed or Ukraine. Well, let me start with what's not going to happen, and it's every single thing you just said that that guy is recommending. Every single bit of it. There's no Volcker. There's no 100 basis points. And there's certainly no elimination of guidance. I mean, this Fed is going to guide forward for the rest of our lives. They are never going to surprise us. We could do a quarter point rate hike in each of the next five years. And the inflation rate will stay at 12. Yeah, my, my, my friend uh, Ben Shapiro wrote this great article about, like, some of the things going on in the economy. And he sent it to me and said, Dave, you know, you're kind of my economic guy. Can you make a couple comments? And he had said how they're talking about the Fed doing a Volcker-like thing, going up to a one or one and a half percent Fed funds rate. And I go, Ben. Volcker brought it to 10 percent. <laughs> I mean, Volcker, no. Listen, the Fed is going to throw in the towel, and the market knows it. And this is where you mentioned earlier I don't believe the inflation story, and I think it's more nuanced than that. But I know what you mean because I am one who believes that ultimately the secular cycle is still more disinflationary and more Japanified. But in the period we're in with supply bottlenecks, the excess liquidity, and so forth. My main point, Larry, is that if the Fed did bring the Fed funds rate to something Volcker-like, it's not the only source of the inflation. That ultimately, the Fed knows what I know, which is that the 7% number that gets so much attention right now is not going to be the number we're talking about. And so this is my concern for people like me who do value a strong dollar, is that in a year, we're going to have 3 or 4% inflation. And guess what? That's way too high. And yet everyone's going to be talking about how it came down 3 or 4%, and it will be the Fed's excuse to chicken out and once again coddle credit markets because they know our government cannot afford its debt, and they know the levered financial system cannot afford its debt. So that's where I think this goes 12 months from now. What do you think, Jim Uriel? We're talking about that same Fed who's buying long-end bonds currently right now, who's actually <laughs> engaged in quantitative easing to the tune of, what is it, is it $60 billion a yes. month? Is that what they've come down to? This is, it's absurd that we're having even this conversation. First of all, I don't believe the 7.5% uh, 
um, print in, in CPI, which they're still, you know, the highest in 42 years. I think it's much higher than that. I think it's the contrived price index, and I think it's designed to make inflation look less bad than it is. Um, so inflation is worse than it is, and the Fed is buying bonds. So I think they're ever going to beat Paul Volcker and start, you know, attacking inflation with the with the sword. No, I, I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think they're going to. And remember, I, you know, the the market doesn't care necessarily about a dovish Fed. What the market wants is a Fed, I mean, a, a hawkish Fed. They want a Fed that's not as hawkish as they should be. That's mm-hmm. what makes markets happy. And so right now their pivot is, you know, I mean, stock market's still holding them pretty good, like you said. Well, maybe the stock, maybe it's time to buy stocks. Sort of take the Fed head on, not worry about them. They're not going to have a regime change. They're not going to raise rates by 1% in intermediate actions, which is what I want. And so maybe you buy stocks. I mean, profits look pretty strong, David Bonson. Yeah, but the problem, Larry, is it was priced for that. Profits are strong, but if you get full year, okay, so fourth quarter doesn't help us because it was still coming off of a very low profit growth from a year earlier. But we are best-case scenario looking at 15% profit growth this year, and it's mm-hmm. probably 8 9 or 10%. That's consensus is about 9%. With a 9% on a forward multiple, you're still at 22 times earnings. So what are we going to do, get 15%, and then we come all the way down to 21 times earnings? It's a great time to buy stocks for active managers that are buying things that are out of favor and buying things that valuation is dislocated. But I do not think that the FANG-heavy cap-weighted indexes Mm. are attractive, even with Ukraine out of the way and even with the Fed concerns out of the way. You have to be more selective, and I think Jim Irio agrees with me. Amen, brother. I got to go. Ukraine will be out of the way. Russians going to own it in a couple of days, or at least that's what people are saying. That's what Joe Biden is saying. Gentlemen, thank you very much, David Bonson, Jim Urio. Terrific stuff. Folks, hang out with us. We're going to do some money in politics with uh, Liz Peake and Steve Moore right after this. The truckers are coming to the U.S. The Freedom Convoy is coming. The Freedom Convoy is coming. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.